Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, everybody. It's Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike. And before we got into uh, the special playoff edition of the show um, with special guest Johnny Ayafalo, cousin of Alex Ayafalo of uh, the LA Kings, I just wanted to touch, uh, speak about briefly what took place in the city of Buffalo on May 14th at Topps Markets on Jefferson Avenue um, when a racially motivated coward uh, drove a couple hundred miles. Uh, I won't even speak his name uh, after researching where were the most densely populated area codes for African-Americans were in the state of New York. And, you know, after doing that research chose top Jefferson to commit this heinous, despicable, ignorant hate crime. Um, and uh, just, you know, really try to do my best to remember uh, the people who lost their lives on that day. Uh, the 10 people, 13 shot, 10 people uh, who lost their lives uh, way too early. And uh, because somebody held so much hate in their heart. And it's unbelievable that in 2022, we're still dealing with this. And it's unfortunate that social media has opened these doors of hate uh, to, to people like this who, you know, for one reason or another, you know, you, you know, choose to, you know, judge people by color and not character and believe in hateful and incorrect rhetoric that they read in some of these uh, platforms online and how despicable and saddening this is. And sometimes when you see this stuff happen around the country, you know, it doesn't really fully impact you. You know, you offer your thoughts and your prayers, which is a nice gesture and everything. But at the end of the day, it doesn't fully impact you until it actually happens in your backyard. And it still doesn't seem real. And I, uh, it's very saddening. Um, born from this, we are going to be doing a, uh, you know, I'm heading uh, up the Buffalo strong street hockey tournament, um, which, you know, will be used to raise money for the families of, you know, the victims. And, uh, hopefully this Wednesday on the 25th, we'll have a better idea of where it'll be located. I know a lot of teams have shown interest in, 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 uh, in playing. And then also on top of that volunteering. So I, uh, I, I can't wait for that because I really want to do everything we can to help the families of those affected. But I just really want to take a moment here before the episode to recognize and remember uh, the victims uh, who lost their lives. Uh, Roberta A. Drury uh, was 32 from Buffalo. Uh, Margus D. Morrison, 52 of Buffalo. Andre McNeil, 53 of Auburn, New York. Aaron Salter, 55 of Lockport, New York, who was uh, the retired Buffalo police officer who was working security and um, tried his best to save lives and in the process lost his uh, open fire on the assailant. And unfortunately, due to the heavy body armor he was wearing, uh, it had no effect and uh, the assailant opened fire uh, back 
on uh, Mr. Aaron Salter and unfortunately he lost his life. So, you know, he tried his best to, uh, to save lives that day. Um, and he's a hero. So uh, Geraldine Talley, 62 of Buffalo. Celestine Shanae, uh, 65 of Buffalo. Hayward Patterson, 67 of Buffalo. Catherine Macy, 72 of Buffalo. Pearl Young, 77 of Buffalo. Ruth Whitfield, 86 of Buffalo. Um, and uh, those were the 10 victims who lost their lives uh, over hate, over ignorance, and over lies. Lies and false propaganda that is spilled in some of these online media platforms to people who are already small-minded or just don't have an identity or don't know how to think for themselves. I, I really just don't even know the correct words for it. Um, I do plan on episode 100 really opening up more about this, but um, I really just wanted to recognize those people and, you know, try and honor their memory as best we could here. Uh, Cause I know it's been a, a, a couple weeks since we've had an episode, um, but um, I do hope you enjoy the episode even after a week of so much heartbreak and, um, you know, unfortunate, you know, the unfortunate circumstances from May 14th. And it's very difficult to really even go out and be in the public because you see a lot of the aftermath of people playing games, thinking that it's funny to call in fake, you know, threats and whatnot. Um, it's been me, especially, you know, being in grocery stores every day, five days a week, you know, it is nerve wracking. People should feel safe, you know, not even, not even just be, you know, you know, just because of the color of your skin, you know, everybody should be able to feel safe, just going to do everyday things. And people in the year 2022 should not be judging on, on the color of people's skin, more of the character, of their heart. And I've heard nothing but, you know, the things that I've read about these people who lost their lives were such brilliant and kind hearted souls. And I, 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 it, my heart goes out to their families. I, it, it's terrible. And I hope that through this tournament, we can do our best to honor their memory. And I can promise you that I'm going to put all of my effort and power in into that. So um, with, that, with that being said, you know, <clears throat> here is our special playoff edition um, to the, you know, uh, for, for the NHL playoffs uh, with Johnny Ayafalo. Uh God bless you all. And I hope you enjoy. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind the mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, everybody, to another edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen, opening up the Western Conference Finals. 
uh, in thrilling fashion, uh, Colorado Avalanche just squeak one by the Edmonton Oilers, eight to six. Everyone thought it was over with after the second period. Uh, Edmonton had other plans. Um, I think uh, the uh, Avalanche thought they could just coast coast to that victory in the final 20 minutes. Uh, Edmonton made it very hard for him. Joined by none other than my co-host on Two Goalies on Mike, Johnny Cullen, and then, of course, producer Steve. We all know who that is. Guys, uh, unbelievable way to start the conference finals. Yeah. Um, you know what? I was on the ice at leisure. Uh at, for 7:45 start, I was pumped because these later these Western Conference games have been late, right? We haven't been able yep. to see a ton of them. Uh, I love the start time. Uh, I knew it was going to become be a high scoring affair. Come out, it's three to two, and I went six to midnight. Um, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe they'll slow down into it. Not the case, boys. The fucking the fucking suntan lotion was out for the goalies. <laughs> And uh, what an affair we had. Um, you know what? And, and I'll leave this to you, Steve. But this is what the NHL was getting chirped for for, like, how many years, right? That it, this that it wasn't high scoring enough. I love it, personally. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Um, I think I jokingly said when uh, the conference finals were established that the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning – New York Rangers series is just going to be a full-on goalie war. We'll be lucky to see two goals a night. And uh, in an alternate universe where the Tampa Bay Lightning don't win back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, this Western Conference series is the battle for the cover of NHL 23. And it's either going to be a McKinnon or a McDavid, depending on who wins that series. And this first game is kind of like playing NHL, but somehow both teams are on rookie mode, so both teams are just running each other up. It's it was absolutely absurd. Um, I was uh, I was at band practice for a lot of the game. I got to catch the third like home, but uh, I mean I have the notifications on for the playoffs, so I don't make sure I don't miss anything. And my phone was blowing up in my pocket the entire time. I, like I thought like somebody had died or something because my phone was buzzing off the hook, and I just kept looking down like every couple of minutes, and it's like, oh. Oh, <laughs> yeah, oh my crazy. God! What? Yeah. And yeah, I, I, I mean, as I was driving home, I kind of agreed. It's like, damn, seven to four going into the third. I, that's a tough hole to dig out of, especially against the Avs. But it, I, I mean, you know, uh, this is a testament to just how goddamn good, you know, McDavid can be. Connor McDavid and Leon Drysdale just make it look so effortless, man. Especially on that one goal, the back and forth from Leon to McDavid after that toey. I forget who it was on. He went to the diving poke check. Completely, completely missed. Leon drags it around him and then it sends it over to just an effortless, effortless tap-in for McDavid on the empty net. Like, goal, goalies might as well not even exist in a night, Gully. Well, you know what got me is there was two very similar goals, okay? Um, I'm just going to go through it. So, Evander Kane, you know, comes in, makes it one nothing. Edmonton. JT Comfort ties it up, um, you know, 36 seconds after that. And then we have 10 minutes that we might, you know, think, hey, um, no, no, I got it back. I got it backwards. No, no, I didn't. I was you right, got it. Okay? You got it. And we had 10 minutes of normal hockey. We're like, okay, 1-1. Uh, McKinnon, you know, gets on the board two to one. Hyman, you know, scores right in the house, makes a great play two to two. Mm -hmm. Uh, that last goal with what was it, uh, 14 seconds left from a car, 
right? To, to, to go three to two. So we're the blatant offsides call that should have been called back too. Well, no. So this is what I want to get at early in the show. Now I, I went ahead and, 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 and rechecked the rule book and in the letter of the law, they called it correctly. Now it doesn't make sense to me guys, because the way we've been explained it, like why wouldn't every team just, if it was close, just push it ahead without touching it. Right. Yep. If they have that and I'll give them every, every single play doesn't warrant the ability to do that. If, if a defenseman has a good gap, but if you look at it frame by frame, I think it was Elliot Friedman that laid it out like this. Um, McDavid, or sorry, um, McCarr doesn't make contact with the puck until Nikushkin was fully on sides, right? And there uh-huh. it is. No, no, no. This is deceiving, right? Because yeah. when you look at this puck, uh, they had to make a judgment call. This is what it comes down to right here, all right? Now, I think that they made the judgment call, and I don't know if we can, like, go ahead in that. I, I don't know if that's the way this, this meme is made. But um, by the time that it, it it's looking like there might be a sliver of it from the stick right there. Um, under that interpretation, I agree with it, but if the puck, in fact, was on his stick right there, it's obviously offsides. Yeah. Um, I, after hearing Elliot Friedman explain it to me, uh, and he talked to multiple, his words, multiple NHL video coaches, they said that they agree that was a good goal. Um, from that look, it's very tough. But I'd like to think, guys, that the the, the people in Toronto <laughs> and the, the people making this call had better views than us. What are your yeah. thoughts? I mean, if that is the rule, like the rule, the uh, the rule as is written in the rule book, then I guess you can't really argue it. But I mean, it's just not a good look. You know, you know, offside should be pretty cut and dry, right, Cully? Like. But, but is anything in this game, Dwayne? No, no, it's not. It's it's a game of control chaos. Like, I can't even what is tell you what interference is. Can you? Yeah. I cannot, no. Yeah, they're uh, you, it's, no matter, go ahead, Steve. Yeah, no matter how hard trying to make absolute rules in this game, uh, you know, there's always going to be some crazy exception to it. Uh, goals, that, goals that in the regular season would have absolutely counted, no question – get called back and looked back, looked at for 10 minutes straight. Um, and then after that 10 minutes, the call on the ice still stands. Uh, and ultimately, like, you know, a lot of these times, like, they are trying to make a call at split second. Like, and, you know, you guys know better than I as you actually play the damn game. Like, it moves at a pace that most people just watching at home just cannot fucking fathom. And I agree with that. And I, you know what? I side with the officials uh, on most of these. And and I'd rather have them let it play and have us make the 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 correction. I think what gets me is this onus of whatever calls on the ice supersedes everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like common sense has to prevail at some point. Like who gives a fuck what the call on the ice was if it's if it's inconclusive. Yeah, if it's the dead wrong call, then right. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that's what gets me. I don't know, but for me, the reason I brought it up, guys, you take away that goal, it's two to two, right? And yeah. it's a whole different game. Now, I wanted to bring up one other thing before we get into the craziness of the second. Um, your thoughts on 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 what's going on with Darcy Kemper? Uh, I love to say former teammate of mine, even though it really wasn't. You know, the only reason I got 
you know, my contract in the East Coast League was because he got called up. Uh, what you saw him in the hallway there. I always remembered, you know, people were, I loved it that people were making Roberto Longo, Roberto Longo poop jokes um, about why he wasn't coming out of the tunnel. What did you guys see there? Well, initially when he came out of the tunnel, like they said it was an equipment issue, right? Like they, it, it did look like that. Yeah, they, they kept on saying it looked like an equipment issue. And he came out, and then not long after the start of the period, all of a sudden you look and you got Francois in that. And it, just, it wasn't really given much of an explanation until like five minutes later. Colorado came out and said it was an upper body injury. He was unlikely to return. I went back and watched, and I couldn't see anything. Neither could I. So I don't know if it was like, and, and this is me purely speculating. I don't know if it was a fake in Dwayne. You know this as well as I do. The old fake equipment problem, whether it is the resty. The only yeah. thing I can think of is maybe that they had a heat pack uh, on 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 something for him on his shoulder, whatever it was, tough. and he pulled his equipment issue. Now that's pure speculation um, because the two don't add up. Um, you know, he, he comes in, you know, Kadri scores 32 seconds in, uh, to that period, uh, which by the way, guys, Nazem Kadri to me, I think might be uh, outside of Barkoff. And I know he had an early exit. One of the most underrated players in the league. He's up for a big payday. Oh, um, he's, he's up to a huge payday. Did you see, did you see Evander's Kane agent tweet out uh, a, a money bag after he, after he opened up scoring? It's just I mean, like that's just ridiculous. Just the fact that that like with his troubles with money. Yeah, like why the would same he... day that he announces he's filing for bankruptcy <laughs> formally. You know what he should have yeah. done? He should have yeah. fucking tweeted the picture of Evander with the fucking money, the, the money phone, phone. Yeah, right. You know, so I can't hear you. Uh, <laughs> no, but you Fire know what? Hey, immediately. The, hey, the, the one thing I could say, I I played against him in the Ivan Holinka USA Canada. The guy's always played. Uh, he's always he's always he's been a, a strong player. player with power and a great shot. Um, I listened to the Spin Chicklets latest episode um, with uh, Colby Armstrong. He talks about his early days with in Atlanta with him. And guys, he's always been good. He was a piece of shit here in Buffalo. He struggled in Winnipeg. It seemed like he figured his shit out in, in Saint uh, San Jose. It obviously came to a head there with all the gambling issues. He's obviously stepped up and been awesome for, for Edmonton. Um, but you know, just going back to that second period, guys, the the, the stretch. So you, you have Cadre score four to two on the power play, right? And and then, you know, Ryan McLeod scores. Um, what was it? Two minutes later, they get that, the goal. And then boom, boom, um, you know, Rantanen gets a second. Uh, Confer gets his, his, you know, the deflection. right. And, and then I think that's when, no, caught, was it, when did, um, uh, what's his Confer name? Second was off a deflection in front. Yes. And that's yeah. when Smith got pulled at six and yep. three, right? Yep. yep. So like Koskinen came in, he looked shaky, um, and let in a goal on that Cogliano play. So Cogliano's goal and McDavid's goal. Uh, the one after that, both of them were plays where the goalies misread it. And Dwayne, I don't know if you caught this, but instead of playing the pass, they completely sold out in the shot. And instead of sliding over, they reached over. Um, and Dwayne's dead. 
Um, but Steve, I like, did, did you notice that? Like for me, it was complete sellout in the shot. And they, instead of sliding over, they just reached over. Um, and those were two big goals, right? Because they went from seven, three to seven, four, uh, going into the third, which, which, I mean, changes everything, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, obviously that, uh, stretch where I think it was what, like yeah, three unanswered to go from 5-3 to 7-3. That's definitely not what you want to do against any team, especially against the Avalanche. But, you know, McDavid's goal near the end of that second period, that definitely uh, put a little life back in the tank. And, you know, I know they always talk about that mile of altitude. I'm, you know, I, I've never been to Colorado, so I'm not sure exactly how much it affects I, you. I, there I, how does it affect them in the rink, do you think? I've never, I've never played in a different elevation. You know what I mean? Like I played in Idaho once, and I didn't notice it. I know that's different, but it's in yeah, Boise. Not, yeah, not quite mile high, but definitely higher. But it definitely has to do with like the, the, your ability to breathe. That's why I think a lot of those guys. Like I remember, uh, you know, there were used to be videos of uh, when Marshawn Lynch trained, uh, you know, with Seattle. He'd always be wearing the the mask to help make his breathing that much more difficult. Now, so are we sure that it wasn't a mask that just fed him Skittles? Might be. Could be. Uh, you, know, actually, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and believe that that's canon. That's way cooler. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, I love it. So, way like, better. judging... Way judging, better than pure athleticism. <laughs> so, going back to you, Cully, judging from this game, I mean, I can't imagine this rest of the... I mean, actually, no. I mean, Mike Smith... You know, I'm not going to put every goal on Mike Smith because his de- his team let him down. Well, there are a couple there that I think he should want back, though. Um, sure. he, uh, sure. uh, which one was it? Was it, it was the first JT Confer goal? Yeah. Or was, no, the Kale McCarr goal. Uh, the Confer one was tipped in front. That no, was tough. The, the first Kale McCarr goal from outside the faceoff dot. He had no screen in front of him, just absolutely lets in a muffin. It's just like – you got to make those saves, man. And then now, now this uncertainty with with, with Darcy Kemper. Not that Francois played bad. He played, he played well. He made some big saves. Yeah. But like, there's nothing. Francois isn't going to replace Darcy Kemper. And no. you know, now that could no, really. Wait, 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 wait. Francois came in and and without it, like he was playing through injury, he was better than Grubauer last year. I agree. But they brought in Kemper to be their be, to be their guy. I mean, like 100%. you know, I feel, you, you you feel much more comfortable with Darcy Kemper than you would Francois. That's not a knock against Francois. But now that you possibly have just you know Mike Smith really maybe feeling, you know, I, I'm not gonna say he he's feeling the longer season because you know, they do call this the second season. He is 41 years old. He has played. Like if not a hundred percent, ninety nine percent of the minutes right uh, in the in the playoffs so far. So I mean, is he starting to feel the wear and tear of the the longer NHL season with the playoffs? And are we going to get Francois next year? Are, you know, all, all those people that love you know the betting people are are they going to be hitting the, the overs hard net here now? Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back to what Coley was saying. Whether or not this uh, upper body injury is a legitimate lingering thing or maybe it was just uh you know something else behind the scenes that uh isn't really meant for us to know um i i I mean again i didn't see anything specifically in that game that makes me think that this is going to be something that can't be rested up on tomorrow and i i i I reasonably expect to see him back in the net wednesday night uh fuck it's tuesday (laughs) thursday night 
Jesus Christ, yeah. that uh, that three day weekend really threw off my sense of time. And it did uh, not hit all of us. I think. Oh <laughs> yeah, man. I've been thinking it's Monday all fucking day, but it's not. Uh, but that's fine. But yeah, I, I I don't see any reason why Darcy Kempfer isn't back in net for game two. Uh, in the event that he's not, I feel like Francois is going to s- still have a pretty decent start just because he's starting straight up and he knows this is what I'm going into rather than just halfway through. Okay, bud, you're in. Game one, Western Conference Finals, no fucking pressure. Oh, wait, just kidding. The most pressure you've probably ever been under in your entire life as an athlete. So I can't mean, figure out when it happened here, guys. So I'm looking at it play by play. So um, we have a at 13:07 of the second period, Morgan Fogel shot wide of Darcy Kemper. TV timeout at 13:07. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, there's a penalty then interference against Lekkinen, and then the next um, shot that we have was. Um, Cody CC snapshot saved by Pavel Francois. Like, like I don't, I, I didn't see it live, but in that two minutes, something had to have happened. And I tried to pinpoint it there, and I couldn't. We have, I actually have, um, uh, hold on. There is a, a good view, um, of the uh, offside or the legend offsides, an overhead view still frame that gives a pretty give us a pretty good look at this goal let me bring it up here real quick keep going Kali, as i bring this no, up you know what i was just and it leads to what you're saying i mean a game like this how did edmonton beat calgary they dictated the pace of play they made calgary play you know edmonton oilers up and down north south hockey and guess what happened they had it shoved up their hoop now i know that calgary didn't get the secondary scoring that they needed you know, with Dylan Dubé, and, and I can go down the list of guys that just weren't there. Um, and, and Edmonton looked great, right? Um, yeah. and, and Mike Smith wasn't awesome. And, but you got to keep in mind, guys, Mike Smith also got pulled in game one against Calgary, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. That's a good goal. This, law, this is what I was talking about. This is the view that they had. And according to this, okay? That's a good goal. That's a good goal. He's and, not touching it yet. And, and that's why I like when I went back and, and reread it, I, I completely agree. But this has got to be a fucking loophole, right? Because, like, if players know this now and they're in this situation and they don't have a D gapped up on them, then fucking just push it in, Bubba. Yeah. Push it in. Um, <laughs> I, I think it, it, it's it. That's a brilliant view, Dwayne. Thank you for finding yeah. that. But, guys, that's the difference in the game right there, right? Because instead of going into the locker room 2-2, two to two, now you're 3-2, and guess what happens? You come out, and now you're 4-2, and Mike Smith never looked good again after that. Uh, and I'm not saying it's on him, but, fuck, you go from, you know, going into the room 2-2 two to two to that call, making it 3-2, and then you're 4-2, you know, you know 5-2, 5-3, 3 and then Mike Smith's out of the net. You know, I don't know. Um, I, I guess going back to it, guys, um, Evander Kane's been phenomenal, okay? I, I, I think somebody that needs to be talked about here is Nazim. Nazim Nas, Nazim dude, yeah, Nas has been absolutely unbelievable. Like, talk about a guy who, you, you know, when he, you know, has really kind of fixed a lot of his issues, you know, stemming back to Toronto and just, you know, really He's become – back to the OHL, Dwayne. Yeah, but – you want you want to what you want to what man? I even, 
I even think that his uh that what happened with him and Falk last year, that hit on Falk, I even thought that was borderline, man. I didn't you know what I mean? Like I didn't think it was that I didn't like, think it was that and bad. that's where you know, hey, so Dwayne, on that note, you know how like notoriety or like um they they, they bring in like what is it called? Um their uh past experiences. What's the word yeah. they use? What'd you say? Like when they're determining a suspension, they're um yeah, their past behavior. Like, yeah. do they do they have a record of this sort of thing? Yes. Do they, do they have a? Is this a repeatable offense? Like repeatable offender. Yeah. Like, I, like sorry, if Marshawn squeeze foot somebody in the playoffs, like, huh? Where have we seen this before? Yeah. But if Kale McCarr like quasi accidentally does it, it's yeah. like, well, Kale McCarr never does anything like this. We can't give him a game. We'll fight him for sure. But I've seen a lot of stuff about Nazem Kadri come the off season because. They think he, what he's going to demand in free agency is going to be too rich for for Colorado, especially with, you know, you know how tight they are already up against the cap. You know, where what do you think he gets in the offseason, Cully? Seven and a half. I think I think seven seven and a half is a good number. Now here's the thing: if Colorado wins, I think that might go up. I think if Colorado loses, I think he stays and. He, he wants to win the cup. Yeah. Well, dude, the McKinnon, dude, is the most underpaid player in all of pro sports. And, and like, I know he's from the Crosby school of, I'll take less so we can win. Mm-hmm. But at some point, man, like, make your fucking money. You don't know when it can happen. You know when your career is going to be over with. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he is 31. So if he wants to get a payday, it's kind of now or never because yeah. – yeah, you guys hear Gretzky during the intermission when they were taught we were talking about just all the goal scoring. The humble guy he is. I was the most offensive player that ever lived. <laughs> like, and I never had games like this. In the playoffs. I know he was, but like, talk about humility. Like, just guys, I was the greatest that ever did it. Like, I looked at it the other way. I looked at it like he was taking a shot at himself because his D zone was so suspect. Yeah, like in the Canada Cup in '87. Like it was a defensive zone faceoff, and um, <laughs> I remember people were 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 chirping that why was he on the ice at the time? Because it was a defensive zone faceoff. Obviously, he's the best player in the world, but I don't know. You know what? On that note, guys, I am so thrilled that how TNT has handled everything, and I couldn't be more upset without ES. And I love Butcher Gross; he's done great. But Chelios and um, Messier—they're not doing it for me. I think TNT's knocked it out of the park. ESPN should bring in Ronick, honestly. Like I think, no I, love, I think JR would be such a phenomenal add to that to, to that broadcast team. I know people have issues with maybe no, the way he's acting. I know exactly, he's, dude. He's like, it's, it's, to his defense he's trying, on to, make, that, he's trying to make the sport more fun, and that. that's a big part of it, man. The, the, uh, the on-air personalities. Everyone knows I'm a big wrestling guy, right? Everyone knows how much I loved wrestling growing up. Like the Attitude Era, Stone Cold wouldn't be Stone Cold Steve Austin with good old JR and the way he would, the way he would present Stone Cold on TV. Like all, all the, the infamous things Stone Cold Steve Austin did made it that much better because Jim Ross was on the, on the, on the call every single time. Same thing can be said about hockey as a team that's struggling. To, to, to stay within the top four of the major uh, major league sports, bring in the like people. I, I get Biz is like, you know, Biz is a controversial guy, 
but they bring him in, and look what he's done with TNT. It's he's been awesome. Tremendous job. Tremendous been job. Awesome. He's done a tremendous job. It's been awesome. He, he and you know what's great about it, Dwayne, is, is, is even though they brought him in to be the, the funny guy, it's elevated his hockey takes. Yep. Really has. And I think his relationship with Tockett goes back and forth. The only it. guy I don't like on that crew, and this has nothing to do with racism or anything, is um, um, Anson Carter. I've never been a fan of his. He, he just He's like the Joe Rogan to me. And I like Joe Rogan, but I just feel like he never takes a hard stance on anything. You know, I just feel like he's there to agree or disagree, you know, based on, on, on what the play is. And but I think they have a really good thing going. Liam McHugh doesn't get the credit he deserves being a moderator with that many voices, especially when they have Gretzky, Biz, Tockett, and um, what's it called? Um, fuck, I just said his name. The guy with the face. We have the face. <laughs> <laughs> that guy with Which, the face. I think I broke Coley. I think I broke him. <laughs> Q deserves a lot of credit for it. Guys, Rick Tocca is going to get a head coaching job. He's a brilliant hockey mind. And to Dwayne's point, Biz has been great. When have we seen Gretzky this comfortable in front of a camera? We've got a lot of great Gretzky stories out of it. And yep. fuck, we even got a, a Spin Chicklets episode with Gretzky there. I think that's awesome. Um, but I just think TNT's product has been great. You go back to what they've done with the NBA, and, and don't get me wrong, I love basketball. I can't watch NBA. I'll watch March Madness, but like, I, I the only thing I'll ever ever tune into is the TNT post game with with Barkley and Shaq and yeah. Kenny and them. And I think that's what they're trying to do, and I think it's good for the game. Um, what, what I wanted to get getting back to the game, like when we talk about Koskinen and Smith, okay goaltending like the offense in the series isn't going to stop you, you have a guy in mike smith that got pulled game one in the in the calgary series bounce back it worked for him okay i think it's more of style of play guys you look at, at edmonton was able to dictate the, the, the style of play like i said before and they were able to beat calgary you can't do that against this colorado team no you can't not at all so, like, what do you do here? Like, if you're not, I mean, Jared Bednar is, is, is licking his chops. You know, if he can get subpar goaltending, and he'll get it from from Frank, Frank Francois, Frank, Frank Franco, however you want to say it, um, him or Darcy Kemper, like, he'll get it. Um, I don't know if Edmund get to. I think this comes down to goaltending, right? In the, in the worst kind of way, team. though, Cully. It, it, honestly, in the worst kind of way, because – you you might just need your goalie to not let in more than three goals in this. You're gonna you're a goalie that gets an eight fifty above Sabres line is gonna win. That honest to God, and it's not like it's not like a situation hey, where hey, I needed to play in this fun kind of series. Yeah, like, that'd be great. It's not it's not like you need your goalie to be Vasilevsky out there. You need him to be friggin' Dwayne a forty year old Dwayne Rollison. You know what I mean? Hey. Like. Hey, don't shit on Hallmark on a good night. Dwayne Wilson was the guy that I, him and Tim Thomas were the guys I modeled my game after. Let's not forget Dwayne Wilson taking Edmonton to the goddamn Cup final. Which they should have kept and won. Edmonton wins Carolina. Edmonton I'm so happy. Listen, I hate the Rangers guys, but fuck, fuck Carolina. Fuck them. 
Fuck the staff infection on Jay McKee. Fuck Carolina. Fuck all the Buffalo transplants that traded sides. I hate Carolina, and I hate the Rangers even more. I'm sorry, Laz, Johnny Laz. I love you, guy, but I fucking hate. I, I, I hate how cocky the Rangers and arrogant those fans are. He's a beauty. I'm not tripping him, but fuck, I'm so glad that Carolina's out. I just think now, guys, we're looking at, and I don't mean to switch gears so, so suddenly. I, I had this thought on the way home. Tampa Bay, when you have the best goalie in the world, and I will fucking double down on this at Vasilevsky. I will fight to, I've watched so many clips of him trying to help some of my, my goalies and what makes him so good. He is the best goalie maybe to ever do it. And I know that's a wild fucking claim. You have the best. Can we? No. Well, you might have lost him. I think what him. he was wrapping up to is they might have one of the best Three, defensemen the in the, the world, world, Victor Hedman. Johnny, you actually broke up there for about 15 seconds. What I was just going to say is, uh, is there any disagreement that Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world? No, not at all. I think I think, no, and, and I know, and I know I've said a hundred times in the past, you don't want to pay your goaltenders, but guys like Vasilevsky, you can pay him. That's fine. I fucking pay him like, here. Yeah, like, and it, it really also works. helps, and it also helps your you're in a state that you know there's no state income tax, so like you can afford. That's to why pay. you don't need to, right, Dwayne? You know what I mean? Like Braden Point's underpaid. You know, Starley's underpaid. There's, you know, a lot of players underpaid. Remember the Stamco sweepstakes a year before yeah. Tavares? And, yeah, and like, here's what I love about it. Stamkos came out and he said, guys, um, yeah, you know what? We've won our president's trophies, whatever. But we know that when we have Vasilevsky in that, we can win. And, yeah. and I thought about that for a minute. And I'm like, motherfucker's right. And not only do they have that, and when I cut out, you have the best defenseman in the world. And and I know that's a little controversial, maybe, but McCarr's good, Quinn Hughes is good. Guys, Victor Hedman does it all, and he is the prototypical guy. Yes or no? 100%. And and not to mention, they probably have two, two of the top five forwards in the world. Not even two, dude. Throwing Braden Points playoffs. I'm, I'm not even including Stamkos. I'm including Kucherov and Braden Point. And I'm including the healthy Steven Stamkos. Like, this team is banana lands. Yeah. Right? So and then when, when you have John Cooper, who – and listen, I, I'm not trying to bring up my past, but John Cooper was the smartest coach ever. And this was – I got him on his ascension. He had just won, like, an N.A. You know, he had just coached in the AHL and with the Syracuse Crunch, and I got him. He, he was the best communicator I've ever had. He was able to get the most out of every player. And listen, you even you don't even need John Cooper. You could win with that group. But having him just, just makes it even better. You have, outside of what we named Kucherov, okay? Sorry, we named Vasilevsky, uh, Hadman, Sergachev, okay? And as much as Bogosian was terrible for us, he is he's a brand solid. New he's been solid for Tampa. Yeah, he's playing 20 minutes a night. He's looked awesome. And yeah. now going on from that, so that's a D and three defenseman. Now you go to Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, um, and who's the fourth one you mentioned? Um, Kucherov, Stamkos, so Point. Point. There's Sorelli, uh, Sor- so, who I think is underpaid. 
he's gone after this year. Oh, yeah, but I still think he's underpaid. It's just amazing what they're able to get out, guys. I, I am blown. I would love to see Colorado, Tampa Bay. I, I just might. The point I was trying to make is how important is goaltending? Oh, it's phenomenal. If, if, you, if, we get, if we get Colorado and Tampa Bay, I'm sorry. Tampa Bay is going to win their third straight cup because Vassal, yeah. they are. They're going to win their third straight cup. I don't see how. And here's the thing. I, I, I honestly, for three hours today before I started my lessons, because you look at Vasilevsky versus Shosturkin, right? They, they worked with the same goalie coach in Russia. Two best They're goalies from, in the world right now. What's that? Two best goalies in the world right now. Vasilevsky right. or But uh, Vasilevsky has four inches and 60 pounds uh, yep. on, on Shosturkin. And, and fuck, man, he can do things that – and Dwayne, me and you have talked about this. He can do things that Shosturkin can't. And and, and 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 to the average viewer, Shosturkin makes those, makes those I, I call them cowling slide saves, even though goalie skates don't have cowlings anymore. But he kind of makes those split saves coming across. Vasilevsky doesn't need to. My my point is this: it, it, it's gonna if you're Tampa Bay with the coach they have and, and the lineup they have, I think that they can dictate the pace of play. And the reason bringing it all back is if you're Edmonton. As much as you beat Calgary running and gunning, you're not gonna fucking beat. You're not gonna. You're not. You're not gonna beat Colorado that way. You can't run Colorado. I think the only way Colorado wins the cup this year is if Igor has an unbelievable series and they pull out an upset against uh, Tampa Bay. Because if Tampa Bay gets past the Rangers, I don't think anybody's beating them. Yeah, but it would be interesting to see. Probably a fun series to watch. Hundred percent. Now, Jared Bednar, you know, he's been there for a while. I think it's it's a make it or and as crazy as it sounds, I think it's a make it or break it kind of year for him, which is crazy to say because they've had a lot of success. Yep. But man, I go I, the reason I brought up that John Cooper comment, guys, is is he is able to 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 get these plug and plug and play pieces. Well, that, yeah, like, like, and Nick Paul. Nick Paul played in the OHL right. for one year, guys. He sucked. He was a big guy that couldn't skate, and granted, he was a rookie. Did you remember that goal he scored skate to stick to win the fucking series? Yep. In Toronto? Like, that's fucking stupid. And here's a guy that they picked up for nothing. Like, it just blows my mind. I don't know. I, I, Wait, I would love how about, to how about, how about last year? How about last year with guys like Blake Coleman and Barkley Goodrow? Like, these pl- these glue guys. Pl- like Long you said, play, baby. It was it was wild, absolutely wild. And now you look at you look at their roster this year, and this is where we go back to that point about how you can afford to pay your big players big money because they'll take a little bit less. But then you have these guys, these plug and go players like your Ross Colton, like your Alex Kalorn, your Riley Nash. You know, um, you know Brandon Hagel, who they got at the deadline. You know, you know Patty Maroon, uh, Palat. Like it's just these Corey Perry, like these guys that you just have in your lineup that you can afford to keep around because players are just willing to take a little bit less a to play on a team like Tampa and B they're not getting, they're not actually getting screwed out out of every single one of their checks from the state income tax. Like you would in New York. Now you make a great point, but I want to shift gears for a second. Okay. This series was, was this first game. It was crazy. You look at the time on ice, okay? There was two, three, four, five. 
you have five forwards over 20 minutes on the ice for yep. for Edmonton, okay? That ain't that ain't normal. That ain't good, right? You need you need your bottom six to contribute. You want your top you you maybe want your top line to be right around that 20 minute mark, right? Yep. Um like those are defenseman numbers. I'm going to read it off quickly for you guys, okay? Um you have uh D Ryan, don't even know who the fuck that is. Okay, he had 10 minutes. Uh 7 minutes. Uh Archibald had just under nine. Zach Hyman, 20, 20-42. Leon Dreisidel, 23-21. Uh Warren Fogel, eight minutes. Zach Cassian, eight minutes. Yeah. Yamamoto. That, that kind of pisses me off that Cassian. 12 minutes. And here, guys, Zach Evander Kane, 22 minutes. Nugent Hopkins, 20 minutes. McDavid, 25 minutes. That is fucking absurd, and that is not sustainable, dude. No, no, you need depth, man. That's that's why, like, Florida was so good this season. Even they had an early exit that we all expected in the playoffs. They had depth up and down their roster. Tampa Bay, depth up and down their roster. You could, like, you, you could be have a defensive zone draw, and you could have your fourth line out there because you have faith in them because they, they've, been, they've proven they can get it done. You know, it, it's it, – yeah. it, for me, it's just like, so, you know, even Zach Cassian, dude. Like, Cassian's not a bad player. Like, no, the guy he missed on that breakaway, though. That could have changed the game. Yeah, but, like, he, he deserves more than eight minutes a night. Yeah, but here's my thing, you guys. When you go back and you look at this, Brett Kulak was a plus two, okay? Whatever. It is what it is. Your top pairing of – your top pairing of that game, Duncan Keith and Darnell Nurse, I think they were both minus two. I just, dude, the amount that the, that top six of the Edmonton forwards played was crazy, and I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, I don't know why it's giving me this. Okay, here we go. So you look at you look at what I just told you, okay, about the forwards. Now we're gonna go to we're gonna go to to uh, Colorado, okay? Um, you have. Cagliano, nine minutes. Nikushkin, who's on that top line, 20 minutes. Newhook, 12 minutes. Logan O'Connor, 10 minutes. McKinnon on the top line, 21 minutes. JT Confer, 12 minutes. Darren Helm, 12 minutes. Uh, Lekkanen, 16 minutes. Kadri, 17 minutes. Landis Cog, 21 minutes. Birkowski, 8 minutes. And Ranton in 16 minutes. You know what? What sticks out to me, guys? There's one line that's over 20 minutes a night, right? Yeah, like, exactly. And then on the other side, you look at it. You got your your top six on Edmonton playing over. Like you have to have contributions up and down your lineup. And well, you, you look, look at Colorado. You, look, you got two goals from JT Comfort tonight. You know what I mean? Like it's just like JT Comfort's a good player. Oh, he is absolutely former Buffalo Saber. I was angry when they when he was part of that Ryan O'Reilly deal. True. Me too. I thought we should have kept a hold of him. Yep, uh, I, uh, Minnesota. I think he went to went to Minnesota. Great hockey player. Um, again, disappointed when we lost him in that counterpoint. Deal. Counterpoint. So I, I I I mentioned that that Edmonton really overused that top six. Okay, and and you saw it. I think it was Confer's goal that tip and goal. Okay. That that I think Mike Smith got pulled on. All right, McDavid was covering. Right, they were out there for a minute and forty. All right, that's crazy for a shift length, and you could kind of almost feel it coming. But when you look at the back end of of Edmonton, 
Cal McCarr, 27 minutes. Devin Toes, 24. Bowen Byram, 20. Jack Johnson, 12. Eric Johnson, 18. Josh Manson, 14. Like, I mean, listen, if there's guys that can play 27, 24 minutes, it's going to be Devin Tays and Cal McCarr. Mm-hmm. I think that this, if, Cal, or if Colorado comes to win this cup, I think Lou Lamorello should have to sit on a pine cone because he gave up fucking uh, Devin Tays for a second fucking round pick. Like, what? I don't know, guys. Yes. So, what, so, so my question to you is this. What 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 ends up winning this uh, takeaway goaltending? What ends up winning or losing this series? Edmonton overplaying that top six forward group, or Colorado overplaying that top defensive group? Well, I think it all. I think uh, that disparity in times that we saw in the uh, forward core of Edmonton is just kind of the uh, carrying on what you said before that uh, they were trying to run and gun the way that they ran and gunned uh, Calgary at this Colorado series. And they just learned real quick, that is not going to work against this team. So the only way that they really have a chance, if their goalie is just going to be average instead of standing on their head, that would be ideal if one or both of those guys could stand on their head for the next six games. But in the absence of that, uh, we need just like, absolutely zero margin of error for a uh, defensive core that's questionable with people like Duncan Keith playing. Uh, I believe he's playing some middle pair minutes in that particular core. I mean, you know, I got 18, nothing against like brother, 18. Yeah. I got nothing against like Tyson Berry or uh fuck. What's it? Cody CC there. Like, you know, they're not horrible, but they're not, they're not kill McCarr. You know, they're not Devon Taves. But like very those dudes time. need to have absolutely zero margin for error, and we need to see something, anything resembling a pulse out of people like Yamamoto, Pool Yarvi. Like it cannot just be this series cannot be won as much as they are two of the most incredible forwards in the league. This this series cannot be won against the Colorado Avalanche with. Just the Connor McDavid and Leon Drysdale. Can I can I play a game with you guys really quick? Um, Dwayne and Steve. All right. So McDavid finished with a goal and two assists for three points. Uh, what do you think his plus minus was? I'm gonna say minus two. He might have been out there for a few. I'd say he was even three goals. He was on the ice for. Okay. Minus one. Nugent Hopkins. Goal and assist for two points. What do you think he was? Oh, he's minus two. Yeah, minus minus two. two. Yamamoto, um, an assist, one point. What do you think he was? Minus four. Minus two. Okay. Oh, sure. Idol, two assists. One beauty, two. Yeah. Minus three. Minus one. Um, Hyman, one goal. Another minus two or minus three right there. Minus one. And it's going to scare you when we get to the D here, guys. Okay. Uh, Duncan Keith, you know, you know, minus minus two. Cody Cece, minus one. Tyson Berry, zeros across the board. He was even. Darnell Nurse, he had had an assist. Minus two. The only plus player on the Edmonton Oilers was Brett Kulak with an assist, and he was plus two. Okay, now flipping it over, all right, just to be fair, all right, going into to Colorado. Cagliano, plus one. Nushkinen, plus one. 
Um, Newhook, even. Logan O'Connor, plus one. McKinnon, plus one. JT Comfer, even. Darren Helm, uh, plus one. Lekkinen, even. Kadri, even. Landeskog, one. Burkowski, even. Rantanen, even. Um, oh, oh, my God. Josh Manson was a minus four. Uh, McCarr was a plus three. Devin Taze was a plus three. Eric Johnson was a plus two. Bowen Byron was a plus one. So you had two players that were minuses. Jack Johnson and Josh Manson. Holy shit, Manson had a tough night. What the yeah, fuck? Josh Manson not having a good night. You, you, you notice the difference? You have two players throughout the whole lineup with minus as minus players, as opposed to the whole lineup on the Edmonton Oilers being minus players. And listen, I know um, advanced analytics people are going to shit on me for using that that number, but I think it goes. It says something, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my 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 question to you guys now is is goaltending. Uh, I I've been checking constantly. They said upper body with um, Kemper. Did you guys see anything that would warrant that? Um, he didn't look sharp. No, I mean, yeah, I, Kemper's been been all right up until now. He's been he's been he's been good. He's had his moments, but I mean. I wouldn't. It was just, dude. It was a boat race from the from the opening faceoff, Kali. I mean, it was it was it like no holds bars. Anything goes. Like you knew right from the puck drop, man. Like the way that game started in the first ten minutes. Goal like a goalie's worst nightmare. Goalie's worst nightmare. So like I'll chalk up. If Kemp, hopefully Kemper's back and healthy for uh, game two. But you know, in terms of his performance in this in game one, I mean. I'll chalk that up to just really just being literally anything goes out there. Defense didn't really exist. Rarely running gun. Uh, HT, you know, Colorado in transition and Edmonton later on in the game in transition. It was just really, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I also personally didn't see any specific event tonight that probably could have like explained why he went out with the upper body injury. But, uh, you know, unlike, uh, you know, when your car gets T-boned, obviously you got to take it to the shop. You just saw some very serious damage take place. But, you know, I I feel like maybe if if this is, you know, truly an injury, this might just be like the general wear and tear of just playing the game. It could just be something that's been nagging them for a minute that we haven't known about. Uh, this could just be, you know, the human equivalent of, you know, we got to take this guy to get his brake pads replaced, you know? Guys, do you see that he is bare-legged under his goalie pads? He is bare legged. He's not wearing socks under there. No, no he's going. He, he no, he's going skins. I like it. I like it. I mean, listen. I don't know if that's new. Honestly, sometimes it gets really warm on those rinks, man. I remember playing a few times down at the arena at KeyBank Center back in the day, back in those HSBC arena. It gets it gets warm down there, so I can see that. No, and you listen. Everybody has their own way. I just wanted to bring that up. Um, Holy shit! But both him and Smith finished with eight fifty sevens. Um, that's in that's in colleague territory, right? So it's not like, great. it's not. But great. I mean, fuck the way Colorado produces, they can win these games. Edmonton is just not deep enough. We talked about the depth of uh, of Colorado. 
and, and how like the, the back half of their lineup. And I don't even want to call it secondary scoring. It's just, just secondary guys not being yeah. minus players, right? Your best yeah. players have to be your best players. And when you look at a line or a matchup like this, like it's 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 very tough to match up against this this team um in, in Colorado because they're so fucking deep. And I really think the unsung hero is Nazim Kadri and and uh Nushkinen or um is that his name? Natushkin, yeah. Natushkin. And yeah, I will, don't forget about JT Comfort, too. He had a great game. Right, man. And, and then Darren Helm. You guys remember him from the Red Wings yep. when they were good? He won a cup with them. That's how long he's been in the league. He scored a couple big goals. He plays the right way. Um, and it's not just him. It's um, Cogliano. How long have we seen him bounce around the league, right? Yep. Um, it's kind of hard, hard to believe player. he's still in the league. Right. No, it's crazy, man. It really is. When when you look when you look at like how long he's been in the league, okay, he's thirty-five years old. Um, he and here's the beauty of it. He's played ninety-two games in the playoffs in his career. Okay, yeah. he's an eighty-seven birth year, fifth round pick to Detroit. Um, and he, you know what? He he spent he's with Detroit all the way until last year. Um, it's been a consistent, you know, 30 point guy. Right. Um, but fuck good for him. Uh, just love to see a guy like that have success. Um, uh, but before, before I have to shut it down, uh, for, to, to get up tomorrow, looking, looking ahead, uh, or looking back into that game seven, I know you probably did this last night, Dwayne. Um, any word on the injury to Ranta? I'm looking into it right now, man. That was rough for I Carolina. I, I watched that game at Applebee's, and uh, it was, you know, that that was that's a tough go, man, to lose your first your, your starter and your backup goaltender. You know, I'm not even sure what what was the what was the third string's name. Uh, I don't even know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. All all I remember is that uh, he literally cannot speak English, so he has a very, he had a very hard time communicating with his. Yeah, team. that was tough. Uh, it looked like an MCL injury to me, the way that he slid into his butterfly and then kind of and fell backwards. I've had that injury now. myself. Um, it was tough, you know, because he had played really well. Um, props to, to Shesterkin, guys, because if you look at his numbers from the first round, which he was shit, and he'll be the first to admit it, he was bad against Pittsburgh, um, and I think against the um, – against um, Carolina, he was back to under two goals against average. He was in the 920 save percentage. You know, like I, I think it's gonna be interesting and 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 to kind of transition, wanted to get your guys' thoughts on what to expect. Is it tomorrow night's game? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's a go here's ahead. A fun fact. I'm sorry. Uh from at J Fresh Hockey. Here's a fact: the Rangers have played five percent of their uh, of their playoff minutes against starting goaltenders, fifty-eight percent against backups, and thirty-seven percent against third stringers. Here's another fact: Ranta is not your usual backup, and Rangers fans also have no reason to give a shit about any of this. <laughs> so, like, I mean, this is probably their big. I mean, obviously, you when you make it to the, make it to the conference finals, that's the biggest test you're going to face. But I mean. Now you're now you're going up against a legitimate, not just a legitimate starting goaltender, the best goaltender in the world. 
Probably the last goal, best goal from the last decade. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough hill to climb. You know, I severely doubt that uh, the New York Rangers are going to be the ones to, and I'm going to knock on all the wood that Andre Vasilevsky doesn't get some weird, crazy injury. So uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna be able to just pepper Brian Elliott for seven games. Uh, yeah, no, they're gonna have to go against the best guy in the league and uh, you know one of the strongest and most complete teams, top to bottom, right in front of that guy. So Hall of Famer. I mean, yeah, even even if they get shots, even if they even if they take shots, not even all of them are gonna get through. Like the Lightning have been blocking shots like it's nobody's business. Like everyone, like I feel like I've been seeing so many more block shots in these playoffs than any other season. And I don't know if that's just like a lot of these teams are playing with like backup goalies, well, and it's just like also playoff hockey, though, man. You yeah, it's, I mean it's playoff. I, I just feel like I'm seeing even more of it, even for playoff hockey. Like people yeah. like Burakovsky tonight. He took a yeah, he took a dinger, and he was like down on the ice yeah, for like yeah, thirty seconds, and actually led to a goal because he was just totally yeah. taken out of the play. But that being said, though, uh, Steve, I know you got I know you got to hit that old fart sack. Got an early day at work tomorrow. Not everybody's on vacation like me. Uh, Cully, you got anything else? Yeah, guys. So, Vasilevsky posted an 892 save percentage against the Leafs. He wasn't great, okay? But he was fucking lights out in game six and seven, okay? Since then, it it, it was just like, uh, you know, uh, funny. We talked about the Russian goalies and Jesterkin and, and um, uh Vasilevsky, uh, but Bobrovsky, like, I don't think we talk enough about these in-country rivalries, right? Like, yep. it, it really was Vasilevsky that was better than Bobrovsky. Um, and I will it, say this, though. Bob did get that playoff monkey off his back. I thought he played very well. I think he got that monkey off his back when he beat um, – when he was with Columbus. But what I want to talk about is, is Shesterkin, Okay. And my last point was is is the, the difference between in his first round and in his second round. Okay, the Penguins played a really good game plan. They really created a lot of traffic with some contact, and Chesterkin really didn't look great. Okay, guys, he posted a nine forty nine save percentage in in the second round against Carolina. That's hashit numbers. Okay, really. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, and it- and he played. And played in two and won two game sevens. Okay, yep. so that's gonna that's gonna help him plenty. All right. Now the the thing that really like gets me, and I don't want to build too much on this because regular season is different than playoffs. But against the Lightning this year, he was three and zero with a shutout and a nine fifty eight. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just think when you look at it from a goaltending perspective, like, fuck. Um, it's it's tough to, to tough to predict it. I, I just think that if there's anybody that could do it, it, it could be Shesterkin in his Vesna year. But I'm not betting against Tampa Bay. Um, I think it's going to be a lot different style of game. I think we're going to see this high-flying game in the West. And I think we're going to see some very tight games with some great goaltending and some great defense um, uh, in the East. Um, really looking forward to it. Um, if they get past, if they get past the Rangers, which they should, um, like unless Igor plays absolutely out of his mind, which he could. 
Um, I, I just think I, I think that uh, Tampa is just as deep, if not deeper, than Colorado, and they have the better goaltending. And so. they're better coached, Dwayne. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I'll finish it up with this. I think that Shesterkin wins a couple games. I think Tampa takes it in six, maybe seven. Uh, I just, I, dude, I, I really, I, I, Dwayne, we've talked about it, and, and Steve, I don't know if you've been on here for it. I really haven't been a Tampa fan. I just didn't want to like them. Um, but God damn it, are they? They're so well built. Yeah, and they're, they're so well constructed. Yeah. They're the blueprint if every state could not have state income tax. <laughs> but, I think it's funny. Everybody shits on Florida, and, and here they are putting out just fucking dynamite teams, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, it sucks so, from Buffalo, a quote-unquote hockey heaven. And, you know, you look down in Florida during the regular season, the Panthers can't fill the arena as much, you know, more than we can with, a, with an amazing team. And then uh, back to goddamn barn. So, yeah. Well, I know, I know you guys got to wrap it up. I appreciate you having me on. Um, looking forward to uh, officially episode 100 coming up. Steve, always, always good talking to you and having you on again, bro. Love your insight. Uh, love the old school goat head hat. Yeah, thanks. I think I think I picked this up at a preseason game. I think Dwayne was probably with me. Honestly. We were at training camp. Oh training yeah, yeah, yeah. It was training. Yeah, 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 at the, uh, uh, the, the Harvey Yeah, that was yep, with Lindy Ruff against the, the Devils. Oh yeah, yeah. got to meet the legends. Speaking of which, um, couple clicks to Dwayne for setting up the uh, Buffalo Road Hockey game coming up. Yep, the Buffalo Strong uh, Street Hockey Tournament, uh, tentatively for August. Uh, we're working out the details still right now. It's taking. I a got a team in. Um, we are we are seven strong right now. Um, you know, you guys know how to get a hold of Dwayne. It's at Dwayne S39 and at two goalies, one Mike. Uh, the more the merrier. Uh, nothing more than I love than some road hockey for a good cause. Yep. Full strong, baby. Appreciate that, buddy. Um, and and I think that'll be great. Um, Dwayne, real quick question. Yep. Where's the case? Oh, oh the, place to, the place to buy it. Where's the place to buy it? This, this is why I do it. Place to buy a case brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case on George River Boulevard. Make sure you get over there on game night uh, tomorrow night for the match. Josh Allen teaming up with Patrick Mahomes against Aaron Rodgers and the GOAT Tom Brady. That's tomorrow? Um, yep, that's tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Get your get, go over to Outlet Liquor, buy a case of beer for you and the boys. Uh, to watch that humdinger of a, a golf matchup, that should be fun. Let's put it. Let's let's make a bet. Do you want? Who do you want to take, Twain? I'm taking. I'm. I'm I... Whatever you do, I'll bet. I'll shave my mustache and do a, uh, like a handlebar. I take Allen and Mahomes. I think. I think I'll, they're gonna be absolute I'll rockets. Fucking homework pick. Fine. I'll take fucking old man Rivers. And if, hey, if I hey. win, what are you going to do? If I, I'll shave into the old school, twisting I'll, I'll, I'll do a mustache. I'll, I'll shave it all. I'll do a mustache. Steve, you want in on this? I'm not a betting man, to be completely honest. Uh, I'm also not much of a golf man, to be even more honest. Uh, but uh, also, if I shave any aspect of this, I will immediately look 15 years old. Yeah, Dude, my man. problem, too. I can't do that. Yeah. 
I look like I'm fucking five, 12 years old. I'll go to yeah, college. Well, uh, and be like, although one Halloween, I like shaved my head completely bald, and I shaved and I shaved like the goatee, and I did like a Heisenberg thing. Uh, and I also doubled up the next night and uh, wore jean shorts and a Stone Cold T-shirt with a fake. Oh wow! Face. And uh, yeah, that was a that, that was a fun Halloween. But then I had to like shave the goatee because I didn't want to have a goatee just on purpose. And then I just had like just the mustache and that's a bad look well i just, just went six to midnight a little bit in my pants um <laughs> i know you gotta go guys so hey thanks for having me on uh Dwayne, thank you uh for the invite uh happy to do any of these when i get a chance uh i'm looking forward to some quality goaltending in the eastern conference we yep. were treated to an all-time great performance tonight um hey this is what hockey this is what hockey needs and um, not not great for our namesake. Two goalies, one Mike. Uh, four goalies. Um, what was it? Uh, Sixteen goals. What was it? Nine. What? Yeah. Six, eight, fourteen goals. Yeah. Right. All, all, yeah. all four, four goalies. Goalies, been goals. All um, goalies made an appearance tonight. Four, four goalies. Uh, fourteen goals. You love to see it. New York State champions. Shout out to uh, uh, Power City Bruins. Um, Dwayne, I'll let you take it away. All right, Steve, oh, always appreciate you. Of course, thanks everybody for Good this night, edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen. We will uh talk to you next time. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies on Mike, a show where we give you a behind the mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now, you might be thinking, Hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwrecksports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.